0: Hello and welcome, I'm Jonathan Beale and this is the ASB Investment Podcast. A show that keeps you up to date on the market, and helps you make smart choices with your investments. ASB Senior Wealth Economist, Chris Tenet brown is back to give us an update on the market. We're talking about business confidence, share market performance and interest rates and answer the big question, could interest rates even get negative in New Zealand? These are entirely our own views it's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB. They'll be happy to chat if you need. Chris, welcome! Great to see you. Yeah, I uh, haven't seen you for a while in the in the booth, and we're actually in a different booth today. We've moved away from Ponsonby. We're in Epsom, Newmarket borders, I think.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. I like the sofa.
0: Yeah, I got the sofa. You got the nineteen uh, seventies chair but, yeah uh, looks pretty comfortable though yeah we look like rock and rollers but um, <laughs> that's about as far as it goes <laughs> I don't think we look very rock and rollers but you do look as though like you're um, uh, about to get on a plane and fly you've got like an old is that a Boeing hat you've got on there yes yeah, it's that?
1: an old Boeing Boeing hat I'm you know I'm into all that sort of stuff on yeah, it's nearly the weekend, so I'm nearly getting ready to start pot riveting some bits on my Spitfire in but the garage.
0: Yeah, now, um, I was going to bring that up because I've had uh, a number of emails from uh, customers who listen to the podcast, and they we've had some really lovely feedback about um, the conversations we have, but um, most of the time, they're actually at the bottom of the email going, can you give us an update on how Chris is going with the Spitfire? Uh, so. We want to give our listeners what they want. So what is actually going on with the Spitfire? we are we up to?
1: Okay, so pretty much all the bits are in my uh, backyard now. And I haven't made too much progress uh, because I realised once I got the, all the bits there, um, I needed a bigger shed. So for the past uh, month or so, I've been making a bigger shed um, and been doing this gigantic stock take. And now I've got about 10,000 parts that I need to join, join wow. together.
0: And is it, is it? I imagine it's. Is it a bit like a Lego set? Have you got like a manual that says you need to build this bit first and then add this bit and then some, is, that, is that how it is? Join bit you, A to yeah, a B. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's some cross between Lego and Meccano, but with some uh, some far greater consequences if you stuff it up.
0: Oh my goodness! And have you got a plan on when you think you'll get it done by? Or oh, a couple of years, hopefully. Oh, okay. Well, as I said before, I'm um, I really admire what you're doing. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I probably won't get in it. And take off with you, but uh, yeah, a number not... of
1: number of people have said that. And uh, how about you? What's been happening on the uh, work front and on the uh, and on the record collecting front?
0: Yeah, work's been really uh, really busy. Been doing lots of getting out and about round um, New Zealand, which has been in, enjoyable. I um, I'm pretty excited to look, we're off to see uh, you too. So uh, that's um, so I've been reminiscing a little bit with my birthday present. I think I talked about before about my uh, record player. So I've been. Uh, Cleaning my vinyl and putting it down and uh, and playing a, a lot of you two, I'm sort of reliving my youth a little bit. I'm actually I've got the original Joshua Tree album with the sort of gatefold open, and I've still got the lyric sheet that's in it. So I'm sitting there sort of relearning the words and sort of remember what is it? It was like 30 years ago. Yeah, well, it was probably more than that. Now, it was probably 32 years ago they released Joshua Tree. And I remember sitting in my sort of parents' living room with the old Amstrad stereo and putting it on and just playing it over and over and over again. So I'm really looking forward to something a bit exciting. And um, yeah, I can pretend I'm sort of 18 again, which is always a good thing to do.
1: Yeah, that's it. That was when how old I was when I went to my first U2 concert. But anyway.
0: Wow. Okay. So we could talk. I could talk about U2 all uh, all day. But why don't we? Um, why don't we talk about a few different things today? Um, we might sort of um, we'll get to sort of trade war and Trump towards the end, but why don't we start with sort of questions I'm getting asked a lot is around interest rates. We've seen the Reserve Bank continually cut rates over a number of. Uh a number of periods and times. But the question I'm getting asked about is negative interest rates. There seems to be a, a lot more questions around that. So are we heading towards negative and And what, what do we actually mean by negative interest rates?
1: Yeah, that's it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, we have been beating on this lower for longer drum for such a long time and, and warning that the Reserve Bank could cut rates. And... Um, now, when we're talking about as as an economics team, are oh, will they stop at half a percent, or or could they get a little bit lower? Clients have jumped one step ahead and are saying, will they go negative, um, like they have in in other countries? And you know, one of the reasons why I think people are talking about that is the Reserve Bank itself has been talking about um, other policies they could have if if the official cash rate, which is their main uh, instrument that they use. Um, reach a level you couldn't, uh, well it was at zero. So um, you know, there has been a bit of a chatter about that and and for the record we're not expecting interest rates to go negative in New Zealand for the Reserve Bank to cut their official cash rate to negative but when people are chatting about this just to wind it back a notch, there's, there's two or three things that I think they think about. One is in some parts of the world, central banks have got a negative official cash rate setting. So what that technically means is if a bank wants to bank cash overnight, yep. you know, banks park their cash at the Reserve Bank overnight, uh, they'll get charged to do it. So it's a disincentive for banks to hold a lot of cash. It makes them want to get out and, and lend it. So that's one mechanism And uh, Japan. Uh, Europe, Switzerland, Denmark, they're countries that have got a negative official cash rate. The next step on is what if governments are issuing bonds and then the central bank's buying them like we see in in Europe. Um, It's happened in the UK, it happened in the US. Now, in Europe, they've been buying so many government bonds and the same in Japan that they've caused the interest rate that you receive to go negative. So in other words, they're buying a bond that they expect in 10 years' time to get less money than what they paid for it, which just seems bizarre, right? Yeah. But that is happening. They're not hugely negative, yeah. um, but you you don't get um, your money back at the end of the life of it and you certainly don't get any compensation for inflation is what, what you'd normally think. And then I think the third thing, which is where the rubber hits the road for the questions we're getting from clients, is can term deposits get negative? In, yeah. in other words, you put money into the bank and the bank charges you for it. Now, again, we're not expecting that to happen in New Zealand. It hasn't happened in Japan, even though they've got a negative official cash rate setting. Has it happened anywhere? Or? Yeah. Yep, there's places in Europe where, effectively, if you put a large deposit with the bank, it'll get shaved back a little bit. And, of course, one of the things which happens then is people go, well, I won't stick my money into the bank. And if you're talking about... Um, you know, a, a check account or something like that, or $5,000, you can imagine the, the logical alternative is, well, have a safe and keep yeah. keep that money at
0: home. Because you spent a lot of time in Japan. What what do people in Japan do with their money? They
1: Oh, yeah, well, in Japan, um, I, I checked the rates yesterday, and for something like a 10-year term deposit, it's a 0.1% interest rate, so nothing. And literally, when we talk about savings, we talk about things like, oh, do you put your money in KiwiSaver or, or a term deposit or Whatever. When I talk to my uh, in-laws about uh, where they, what they do with their money, they talk about places around the house. Um, <laughs> they do tanzu saving uh, tanzu. Or, or, or tatami saving. Tatami is the is the mat on the floor. Tanzu's the kitchen drawer. Oh my goodness! And uh, you know Japan's a very uh, safe place, so maybe having a, a decent pile of yen tucked away uh, feels not too bad. Um, but of course, a lot of the houses are made of wood. Um, and they have a few tsunamis, so <laughs> you risk that you uh, you lose your money through uh, through natural disaster. So um, so fireproof safes are not a bad thing to look at investing. And in if interest rates start heading towards uh, towards zero,
0: but you uh, you and the economics team and other economists in banks around New Zealand, no one's calling that, that we're going to have negative term deposit rates.
1: Yeah, and and the argument this year has has been. Um, you know, will they get uh, will they get down to half a percent or quarter of a percent or maybe even have a zero official cash rate. So um, but but a negative a negative official cash rate would be the would be the first unconventional thing that they could do. But it wouldn't necessarily mean that you've got a negative term deposit rate. Yeah. It could just mean that term deposits just keep on grinding down lower and lower. And they've fallen, you know, down to around two and a half percent. Yep. this year and so if the official cash rate kept on getting cut lower and lower they would just keep on grinding down like they have this year you know, maybe another half a percent, maybe a percent and if we look around the world countries that have got um not even negative official cash rates, but places like the UK, the US, Australia, their, um, their term deposit rates have got lower than than our term deposit rates here, even without their cash rates getting negative. But that's the, where the direction of risk lies. But I, I think we're a wee way away, um, and it's certainly not something we're forecasting that... Um, that term deposit rates could turn sure. negative, like they have done in, in parts of Europe, yep.
0: and then on the flip side, share markets continue to do pretty well uh, and are performing. And I, I suppose that we've talked about this before, but a lot of that is potentially to do with the income you're getting off um, fixed interest solutions is so low. Where where can I go and get that extra yield and that extra growth? But it seems to be driving a lot of the share market returns around the world, and particularly here in in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, uh, and and I think one of the one of the other things central banks can do beyond we things like negative interest rates, is commit to keeping interest rates low for a long time, or at least signal that's what they're yeah. going to do. And the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's been one of many central banks doing that. So people are definitely getting used to this idea of, hey, I'm not going to get a high return from a, a a conservative investment. And so exactly like you say, if um, it, it does make them seek out other uh, other investments, or likewise, it can make you comfortable with a return that you would otherwise think was quite low. Now, if we were paying eight percent on term deposits, people probably wouldn't be very happy with the five percent dividend yield they're going to get out of a out of a stock these days. But if you're um if you're getting two percent and you're scared that it's going to get even yep. lower, then a a company with a good track record that's that shares are paying out a five percent dividend yield will will seem way more uh, way more appealing. So so that's signaling from the central bank about how long they expect to keep rates low. Uh, and that general feeling about that is what's feeding into um, shares.
0: And the other sort of question I'm hearing a lot is around, so the Reserve Bank keep reducing interest rates, uh, but the, the government don't seem to be reacting. So why aren't they spending more? Why aren't they trying to stimulate the economy a bit more and growth and get some inflation back into it? That, that seems to be like the, like an almost obvious thing to do. Is this becoming a bit more politics? Or
1: Yeah, I think this is one of those things that's a real a real pity and a bit of a bind that we've got ourselves into, um, we've had this real focus on fiscal discipline in New Zealand for a long time. And as a consequence, um, government debt in New Zealand as a percentage of GDP is very low on a global basis, under 20%. And, and interest rates, it does feel like we're pushing on string at times. It's not turning confidence around. And so I think both here and in Australia, for that matter, um, fiscal policy or government spending... Uh, is is really a more realistic way of of trying to trying to stimulate the economy um, when it's going through a through a softer patch. now if you were if you were on the um, extreme left, you would say that should come through the government uh, spending on on particular things. Uh, and if you're on the extreme right, you'd say that uh, that should come through tax cuts and the and the middle ground is the is the usual thing that people look to the government for is, hey, why don't you bring forward some infrastructure spending? And I think, hey, we're running into an election year, so um, we'll probably lots see of promises. Lots, of, lots of talk about what should, uh, what should be done on that front. And, and we always try to be reasonably neutral um, in, in, what we, in what we say, but uh, we've been pointing that out as a practical thing to pick up the pace of the economy a little bit. And the Reserve Bank itself, uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, like that message as well. They know that they, um, they've still got things that they can do um, but the the government uh, is in a good position to do some of the lifting.
0: And when uh, we had BlackRock over here recently talking and uh, their um, global head of uh, one of their departments was talking about how other sort of – I think it was talking about European companies, how their governments are buying sort of assets uh, rather than just sort of just buying into sort of uh, – government bonds and treasury and stuff actually buying assets is that something that maybe the New Zealand government would look at or well if
1: you're reflecting on the last uh, 10 years you know that we have done the the, the opposite um, you know we we the government sold down uh, some of those key state owned uh, assets that they that they had um, such as their um, you know their stake in air new zealand as an example and um and and sort of divested and and wanted yep. to invest money elsewhere. Um, where I guess we've seen it here is the superannuation fund has bought quite a range of yep. of New Zealand assets, but that's more from an investment perspective rather than yep. something tactical to try and stimulate the economy in a, in, in, in the short term. If we look at uh, the Bank of Japan, though, boy, they've bought a lot of assets. Um, you know, they, they're not limited to just going out and buying government bonds and cutting interest rates. They've um, have they've, they've bought all sorts of assets. So, you know, reserve banks never want to look like they're running out of ammo and there's no options left. Our reserve bank's got a few and the government's got plenty. I mean, th- this is one of the things that I think is is so good about about New Zealand. Is that on both fronts we've got ammo if the economy does go through a really soft patch or faces something really bad, and it's worth just uh, just checking in on that here. We're not talking about the economy going into a really bad patch or a recession or anything yeah, yeah. like that. We're just talking about two percent growth when we'd like the economy to grow. More. Because like if 3%. you if you
0: read the the sort of business confidence surveys, you think we're going to go into a really deep recession for quite a while, um, but I, I'm not convinced that. Business confidence equals the economy not going to grow. There's a sort of subtle difference around the the measure of confidence, isn't
1: there? Oh yeah, and um, businesses have have forecast a lot of recessions that the economy's never had, um, but they do seem to have quite a few worries at the moment, and some are really understandable. And you see it within the um, within their actual results. There's no doubt that the labour market's getting pretty tight with the unemployment rate down these sorts of levels and that's a that's a constraint there's no doubt that there's not a lot of inflation in the economy firms are finding it hard to increase prices because customers have got ways of finding Cheaper quality products in many areas, you know, the internet for one. So some of these things are, are real, but um, low business confidence certainly doesn't correspond with poor economic performance on a one-for-one basis, or poor company uh, performance. And and I I look at over the course of this year how various businesses have responded to the obvious pressures of cost pressures, of the the costs of of, of holding stocks and. Uh, Good businesses, it's how they respond to these challenges that that determines their their outlook. Now, Kathmandu is a good example. That was a company that's share price really weakened early on in the year. People worried about a few different things, including um, high inventory levels and, and, you know, threats that were to its sales outlook. But they weren't sitting around going, oh yeah, that sounds terrible, let's let's give up. They they had a growth strategy yeah. and, and their share price has really turned around in recent times because people have liked that strategy. Now, they've they've um, bought into um, other businesses and uh, that's what good companies do. I mean, Fletcher Building's an example of a company that's definitely faced some challenges. But they're not sitting around going, well, let's just keep doing the same stuff. They're selling down parts of the business, they're really trying to, to Trying to fix it, and that's that's that that's what businesses do. It's really interesting to see. Yeah,
0: I'm so glad you used the word businesses because I get a bit sort of fed up a little bit where everyone always talks about shares and there's sort of like this generalisation of shares. But actually, what you're actually buying is a share in a company or in a business. that's actually is trying to grow and has a, a management team who want to grow and going to make decisions. And your example of Catman is a great one because mm. then people go, well, who's going to? What are they going to do? What are going to sit down? They're going to respond. They're going to try and look at different markets. You know. Uh, Fletcher Building has, as you said, has some trouble. Like Air New Zealand will be another great example of who'd yeah. have thought that their sort of long term flights to to London they go. Actually, we're not going to do that anymore. But it's obviously not making money. It's a highly competitive route. Where else can we go? That's like forward thinking, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, and you can't sit around doing things for nostalgic uh, reasons. And and the and the London flights are a great example. Air New Zealand's a business that. Um, you know, in, in, in earlier times faced some big challenges, but it really reinvented itself. And I think most Kiwis with pride would see it as a as a real uh, New Zealand success story, and and, and right, rightly so. But they've done it because they've been nimble and been prepared to, to, yeah. to change. And so just because you're not confident about the, the landscape that you're doing business in doesn't mean you're going to do poorly. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't mean you share... Is going to weaken, and, and your point is is absolutely right. When we're when we're making investments, um, we're not just buying a share on the vague hope that it goes up. We're buying into businesses that that we believe yeah. will keep on making making good decisions, and uh, and when they don't, they go the way of the dodo, yeah. and 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 that's what we're doing. And then that's one of the things I really like about um, about my job is just seeing how businesses cope with the with the challenges and one challenge that's a, a new one that we weren't expecting um, we had the you know the um, the gen as we call them the uh, electricity companies that generate and retail they've been the darlings in this um, exactly low interest rate environment because they provide a steady income stream but you know they've taken a bit of a hit in the last couple of months um, as a bit bit of a question mark over um, TY Point, which is a big electricity user, about the future of that business. But again, those companies will not be sitting around going, oh, let's just wait and see what happens to us. They'll be coming up with strategies.
0: That's a good example, though, of uh, if you know people are holding those types of uh, companies in a portfolio that you've probably bought them or they've probably been recommended to you because of the dividend stream that they're paying, not mm. the capital growth that they're yeah. looking to get. I think people forget sometimes the income stream still being paid. It's just the, the value of that share has gone up or down. And but if you've purchased it because you want an income to be able to do what you want, it's still a great investment for you.
1: Yeah, and and you know, New Zealanders for all sorts of reasons are very focused on capital growth. You know, capital growth through property, capital growth through the share market. But ultimately, for most of our investors, what they're wanting to do is is generate some sort of income stream so they can consume in the future. The assets and investments that they have accumulated and and, and and made today and you know we um we can lose sight of that when we get fixated and and, and I don't help because go oh the share market's gone yeah, up yeah. 10% it's your, it's your fault yeah <laughs> but um ultimately the income stream that these yeah, yeah. investments generate is so so important
0: because you always talk about a, a, you know, a share over the medium to long term should give you about sort of what eight or nine percent. You're always very smart about breaking it down as to sort of half being the dividend, half being actually the capital growth. Mm. People sometimes forget that, hey?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and we're we're lucky here. We do pay higher dividend streams than elsewhere, which yeah. which does make that
0: um that yeah. quite that that quite obvious. And then um, sort of the, moving a little bit away from New Zealand and sort of to global equities and more sort of like what's been going on in the US. So uh, Trump seems to be in a bit of trouble around um, just can't keep his nose out of other people's business. Um, but also the trade war seems to be almost sort of finding a sort of maybe a happy ending even. Yeah.
1: You. Yeah, I think Trump really needs to score a few wins at the moment. The global politics uh, and the situation in Ukraine is, uh, is is pretty messy. And uh, so he needs to get some wins. And, and so I don't see a lot of substance in this phase one of the... Um, the China trade deal that they might get this time round. But what's got everyone upbeat at the moment is that it looks like they'll roll back some of the tariffs and and commit to continuing to work forwards. But hey, we're only a tweet away or an announcement from the the Chinese that it's not going well, and we could get disappointed again. But over the last month or so through October, sentiment improved. And US share markets at an all-time high, so investors are definitely thinking, right? There's a way. There's a way through this, and and companies themselves, their reporting season in the states has been has been right. And like we're saying before, at yep. the end of the day, that's the important bit. Exactly, a uh, companies delivering on what they say they they are going to do. So sentiment globally. Um, has got a bit better. Gee, I'll, I'll leave it to you to decide what's going to happen with Brexit.
0: I don't even like you talking about it. It's just so embarrassing. It's nearly uh, it's as embarrassing as the England rugby team not putting their medals on. Oh. Uh, but um, it, it's, I think it, I think it's ended where most people thought it would end, us mm. really, going to a general election after they could agree what day the general election was on which seemed another hole. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna play out, I think, how a lot of people thought, but um So yeah.
1: Boris is gonna try and go where Theresa thought she was going but couldn't get to, which was securing a, a stronger majority and a mandate to, yeah, to see the He just through. needs to
0: get it through so he needs more people on one side of the house and I think that's what he's probably gonna push for. But he is very reminiscent of what's happening in the uh, in the States and you know, I I used to watch him on If I Got News for You, like he's you know, he's He's a bit of a buffoon. You know, when it comes to. He's a very smart buffoon, but yeah. uh, you know he comes across. But he's he, potentially he's going to get get in and have four four to five years, and a bit like Trump's had four years, and he's probably going to end up with another. I was reading an article this morning. He's probably going to get another four years. It's all it's sort oh, of a bit yeah. odd, isn't
1: it? It's, it is. It is odd. And in, in the case of uh, Trump, um, if he can galvanize, you know, you don't even need to galvanize half the population. You just need to galvanize half the voters. Yeah. Um, which is about 50% of the population, to to believe that hey you're a safe set of hands for this really tricky job, and hey if the share market's going up and 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 jobs are still getting created, the the president's hard to hard to get hard to get rid of. Now we could also wonder whether he's going to get impeached between now and then yeah. in Trump's case, but boy he's been in some sticky situations. Since before he got elected, and he still seems to get away with it. So yeah, I I don't know what'll happen with Brexit, and, and I'm certainly not ruling out another four years of of Trump. Uh, either way, it'll 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 make for some summer reading, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think we're in the best place in the world though, because the sun the sun's out. It's it's nearly Christmas, and we've managed to get through. Uh, 2019 in a pretty good state, I would say. If from an investment point of view, people have had good returns over the last 12 months, certainly.
1: Yeah, um, the um, the the global shares have um, have really picked up over the course of the year from that big drop we saw last year. And yeah. uh, New Zealand's come a little bit off it, but it's within a few percent of its uh, of its of its highs. And I think the um, you know the, the the interesting thing over the uh, over the next year will be some of these things like. Brexit resolve themselves, that the China trade dispute resolves themselves, how long will we have these ultra-low interest rates? Because yep. even if they lifted up half a percent from here, they're still yep. really low. So, you know, next year we we could well be uh, reflecting on what's been a nice year of recovery, but actually we're still a lot of the things... That we've worried about this exactly. year. Where do interest rates settle?
0: You know, Will we have Trump for another four years or not? These are the questions that we need to answer, and hopefully um, hopefully, we'll get there one day and we'll know what's happening. But Chris, it's been um, lovely talking to you, as always, and uh, great to hear that the Spitfire is moving forward. And uh, I'm a bit surprised you have to build a garage before the Spitfire, but it sounds it. But thanks for explaining things as well as you always do, and look forward to catching up with you again soon. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the ASB Investment Podcast. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on future shows, please fire your suggestions through to podcasts at asb.co.nz.